I just laughed because everything I had taught about leadership, Jesus did with these 12 incompetent guys he hired. I mean, you would not <laughs> you know, hate to get a decent preacher in the whole group, you know. Top leaders, meaningful conversation, actionable advice, bulldoze complacency, ignite inspiration, create impact. Produced by Southwestern Family of Companies. This is the Action Catalyst. Are you interested in advertising with the Action Catalyst? Our listeners could be hearing about your brand right here, right now. For details, shoot us an email at info at theactioncatalyst.com. Ken Blanchard is our guest, and if somehow you've never heard of him, um, he is one of the most influential leadership experts in the world. Ken, we're honored to have you. Welcome to the show, my friend. Nice to be with you. It's a, a real special time. So you say that Jesus is the greatest leadership role model of all time. So beyond thinking of him as a Lord and Savior and as a spiritual figure, and you say that we should think of him as our leadership role model. Well, I first started to think about that. I hadn't really thought about it because I wasn't a big faith-based guy at the time, but I was asked to be on the Hour of Power with uh, Robert Shula in his heyday uh, in 1983, and it was about the one-minute manager he wanted to talk to me. He said, Ken, you know who's the greatest one-minute manager of all time? I said, who's that? He said, uh, Jesus. I said, really? He said, yeah. So are anybody doing anything good? He'd praise him, heal him. People stepped out of line. Jesus wasn't afraid to give him a one-minute reprimand. He threw the moneylenders out of the temple. And I went, whoa, that's really interesting. And so uh, as I got down in my spiritual journey, the first thing I did was read the Gospels and the Book of Acts because I wanted to see what the man did. And I just laughed because everything I had taught about leadership, Jesus did with these 12 incompetent guys he hired. I mean, you would not <laughs> you know, hate to get a decent preacher in the whole group, you know, and uh, the important thing I've said for a long time about leadership isn't what happens when you're there, it's what happens when you're not there, you know, but it was funny, I was with John Ortberg one time in Atlanta, we were doing a Lead Like Jesus uh, program, and he's one of my favorite authors and pastors, this church is up in Northern California at Menlo Park, and I said, John, why would you travel all the way across the country to tell people Jesus is the greatest leadership role model of all time, and John's going to great sense of humor. He turned to this crowd. He said, let's just suppose 2,100 years or so ago, you were a gambler. Now, he said, I know some of you don't like gambling, but where would you have bet your money on lasting, the Roman Empire and the Roman army or a little Jewish carpenter? And he said, isn't it interesting that 2,100, 2,200 years later, we're still naming kids, say, Zeus, Peter, Paul, and Mary, but we name our dogs Nero and Caesar. <laughs> so uh, Jesus was an amazing uh, leadership role model. That, that's interesting. Jesus has been dead for 2,000 years, and today he's got 2.1 or 2-something you know, billion followers. But one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, does his style of leadership, is that really relevant today? Like, isn't, isn't it sort of soft? No, but I think people do think that because he was a servant leader, you know, and they think that's soft. And, but the reality is that people don't understand servant leadership. There's two parts of it. And Jesus understood that. The first part is the uh, first part is the leadership part of servant leadership, which is vision, direction, uh, values, and goals. You know that's got to come from the hierarchy. It doesn't mean you don't involve people, but people look to you for direction. So Jesus is really clear with his disciples. He says, "Come with me. I'll make you fishers of men." And then the picture of the future is go and make disciples of all nations. You know, and and then the values. He said, 
you know, one of your key values, well, love God with all your heart and all your mind, love thy neighbor as thyself, you know. And he, so he was really clear with them and all. And then once the uh, people understand and are really tuned into the vision and direction and, and values and all, then the second part that kicks in is the serving part of serving leadership. And now that's when you turn the pyramid upside down and you now work for them. And Jesus symbolically did that. You know, he had kind of a slow group. It took him a while to understand exactly why he was here. But when he knew he was going to be leaving, what did he do at the Last Supper? He got up, got a basin and a towel, filled it with water, and he washed their feet. Just symbolically sort of saying, you know, I work for you. You know, what can I do? And a lot of people say, my God, I don't want to do that. I'll lose my position. No, what did Jesus say right after he he washed their feet. He said, you call me teacher and Lord, rightly so, so I'm not giving that up. But essentially, he said, just as I have done for you, do for others, you know, because even mm -hmm. I have come to serve, not to be served. And I think that's where the real action is in organizations, is if you turn that pyramid upside down, once people understand where you're going and the goals and the values and all, then you're working for them so they can accomplish the goals and live according to the vision and all, and you're trying to empower people all the way down to the people who deal with your customers, you know. It's just so obvious, you know, in sales, you know, if, if it's all about you and uh, your goal accomplishment, uh, people are going to read right through that and all. But if your main concern, which I think is sure you have a vision about what you want to accomplish when you have a, a good product, hopefully, and all that kind of thing. But the real great salesmen focus on developing a relationship with the person that they're working with so that they know how what they're selling really can help those people be better at what they do and all. And so it's, it's you know, it's that whole thing about relationship selling and the results will come if you develop great relationships. It's really amazing when we look at our company, people will often will work with them in a company and then they'll get transferred or they'll decide to leave and all. And they always take our people with them. Why? Because they have a relationship with them, and they, and they say, gee, you know, I'm moving over here. I want you to come on in and, and tell us, uh, you know, how you can help us. So that's, that's where the action is, and that's really kind of turning that pyramid upside down. A lot of people misinterpret Jesus. He didn't come to start a religion. He came to build a relationship, and I think if people would remember that, you know, and I think the minute you put that into a religion and get into a hierarchy and a bureaucracy, then you get into judgment and evaluation and jesus said you'll be known as my disciples by how you love each other not judge each other and uh so i think that's what relationship selling is is to realizing this person in front of you is an important human being and how can you help them be the best that they can possibly be you said that a part of what leadership is is managing the present but also preparing for the future or something to that effect what is that principle where did you learn it from Yes, I wrote a book a number of years ago with Terry Waghorn, who was with KBMG in Europe. But uh, the philosophy was is that as a leader, you have to manage the present and create the future. And where you get in a lot of problems in organizations, I think, is when you take people with present-time responsibilities and send them away to, to plan your future, because very often they'll kill the future because they're either overwhelmed with the present or a vested interest in it. And so when I came up with that concept, my wife was the president of our company. She has a PhD in communication, and she is much better at that kind of thing. But she said, that's what I want to do. I want to head up the office of the future. 
and she stepped down as president and turned it over to her brother and had two or three people, full-time job, studying what was happening in our industry so that when 9-11 came, you know, and all that kind of thing, uh, we were prepared because we knew about the Internet. We knew about training online, and, and a lot of people didn't know about that. So it's, a, it's an interesting concept, I think. Okay, so here's what I, I wanted to, to really kind of get to. Okay, so you hear, all right, lead like Jesus, and whether you're a believer or not, you go, okay, well, it's hard, it's hard to argue with the guy's results, right, as a, as a leader and the impact that he's, he's made. So then what is the biggest roadblock to us actually going out and doing this? The biggest addiction in the world is the human ego. In AA, they always call that edging God out. You could say everything good outside, but... Uh, when you're focused on yourself, and there's two ways that ego shows up. One is false pride. When you have a more than philosophy, you think you're brighter than, smarter than. You kind of uh, push people away because they just don't know as much. And, and people with that uh, mindset running organizations, they want everybody sucking up the hierarchy and realizing all the brains are in their office. But the uh, other ego problem is a fear or self-doubt. You know, when you have a less than, you know, philosophy, now you say, oh, God, I don't know. If I can do this, you know, and this other person's really smart, you know, and all that. And you're it, that's an ego problem. That was yeah, because people didn't think that. But when you're into your moaning and groaning and and self doubt, what are you focusing on yourself or others? You're focusing on on yourself. And and we have a twelve step egos anonymous uh, program. I uh, had them stand up one at a time and talk about a time when their ego got in the way in the last forty eight hours. And I said, if you can't think of one, you lie about other things too because you know periodically we either somebody says something and you say god you're going to be kidding me we got this false pride thing or or somebody will do something oh god i i could never do that you know so uh the anecdote for false pride is humility which i think is a really key aspect of what we're talking about and i think of about great salespeople and all jim collins and good to great said that the greatest leaders have two things in common i think this are great with salespeople, which is resolve, which is determination to accomplish a goal and all. And the second is humility. And he initially thought that was a weakness. And he said to researchers, you know, you know, that can't be the number two. And they kept on saying it is. People with humility don't don't think less of themselves. They just think about themselves less. And so uh, that's a really important concept uh, that you don't think less of yourself. You just think about yourself less. The anecdote for, for self-doubt and fear is to distrust that God didn't make any junk, you know. You know, unconditional love. My mother used to say, there's a pearl of goodness in everyone. Dig for it with some people, but it's there, uh, you know. And so we just need to trust that we might not have all the skills we think we would like to have, but we're, we're beautiful in our own way. We have a lot of leaders now uh, who are, when they have their meeting with their people once a week, they start off with an Egos Anonymous meeting. And it, it really has brought the group together unbelievably. And People admire your skills, but they love your vulnerability. And I think a lot of people mm. uh, are afraid to admit that they don't know something, you know. And I think, boy, it's a salesperson. If, if somebody says, ask you a question, rather than trying to fake you know all the answers, you say, that's a really good question. Let me see if I can find the answer, and I'll get back to you. And rather than thinking less of you, they're going to think more of you. Yeah, I, Ken, uh, this is so, so good, and I uh, I knew that this time was going to go by fast. Where would you direct people, Ken? What are you focused on? Well, I think that they, they could go to leadlikejesus.com, and our book is called Lead Like Jesus Revisited, 
Uh, it's a more up-to-date version of that that book if they wanted. And then in terms of our own company, KenBlanchard.com is great. Well, the uh, the last little thing here, what are some of these warning signs? You know, like if somebody is out there listening and they go, you know what, I'm not so sure that I have been leading like Jesus. What are some of the warning signs that if these things start to show up in your life, you probably need to really dig in and get real about, you know, understanding this? Well, I think the biggest thing is to watch the people around you. And when you show up, does everybody stop talking? And when you try to get feedback from them, they they kind of go silent or they butter you up or what have you. I I think that the, the real sign that you're a servant leader is that feedback is the breakfast of champions, you know, and that uh, people are willing to be straight with you about things and also praise you as well uh, when things are going well. But the big thing is, do they feel like they can bring their brains to work and make decisions or do they always have to run to daddy uh, to find the answers? Well, thank you for an, an amazing uh, lifetime of work. You make a real difference in the world, and, and you've meant a lot to a lot of people, and, you know, I'm one of them. I appreciate that, and I feel very blessed. You know, I just, um, Lord has been good to me and opened a lot of doors that have helped, and so I'm, I feel really, really blessed. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. And to stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and on Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. And thanks for listening.